Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 49 with Rhiannon Bush. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Well, hello, my friends. How are you today? I hope wherever you are in life, you are having a fantastic time uh, and you're getting the chance to take a breath and to appreciate where you are and the progress that you've made um, and at least come up with a win or two that you have, yeah, had recently. I have really settled into uh, where I'm at with work, which has been a huge undertaking. Um, I haven't been that stretched in quite a long time and it's been a really good experience um, so far. And I'm still navigating through a lot of it, but um, where I'm at is really starting to settle, which is nice. Today, I want to talk about psychological safety. And it was really interesting that this came up for me recently. And I say interesting because it's something I struggled to talk about. I hated labeling how I was feeling as psychologically unsafe. And it felt really vulnerable um, for me to admit that. I feel very sound of mind most of the time Um, and one of the worst things I personally experience is when I have a lot going on in my life and I have a heightened level of stress um, which sometimes comes out as anxiety and it's more of an anticipation of well when am I going to drop that ball and which one will I drop? How is that going to play out? What is the impact of that going to be? Um, Instead of anticipating success, I tend to anticipate, yeah, difficulties um, and failings. And then I tend to look at things as really difficult and um, hard. And I tend to be quite negative when I'm stressed instead of being able to be really resilient and going, oh, this is a really great opportunity, um, you know, and put my nose to the grindstone. Instead, I kind of back away when it's a bit too much. Um, That's just something I've recognized about myself, especially in recent years when I've felt that, yeah, I've worked quite hard to get to where I'm at and (laughs) I no longer want to feel that way. So that's a little argument that I have, yeah, with myself. But years ago, I had a boss and I loved this boss, but I eventually left that business for another opportunity. And I was incredibly sad that he would no longer be my boss because he'd taught me so much. Um, And all my bosses have, really. Every single person I've had to report into has taught me different things. But I was particularly fond of this one and the opportunities that he'd provided me with. And anyway, it had been um, a fairly turbulent environment. And I think I'm a pretty positive person, despite what I said earlier. Like, I do tend to look at the positives. and, And when I'm just in flow, I'm really you know, I bring the sunshine. (laughs) So I like to think anyway, but I am deep and I want meaningful conversations and things. So there's not really a lot of small talk surface level with me. I'm like, you know, I get, you know, get down into it. So, you know, despite the turbulence in this environment, um, there was this one power tripping colleague who was kicking my butt. And I thought the environment and this boss's treatment of me was fairly sound. And there were moments when I was like, you know, yeah, but sometimes we all have to deal with a boss who spits it, you know, bosses are humans too, et cetera, et cetera. 
But in this particular case, I went back a couple of months after I was no longer working there. I went to say hello and visit um, and it was lovely until I realized in a one-on-one conversation with him that I was not psychologically safe. I didn't know what it was at the time and I had had to do some research on things like Project Aristotle by Google. Um, If you haven't looked it up and you're in a corporate space, I highly recommend you have a look at it. Um, But basically, I was delivering a keynote speech on the development of high-performing teams. And so I Googled Project Aristotle, of which one of the findings were that to create a high-performing team, psychological safety is the really cornerstone of that. And Despite the research, I still didn't really quite understand it because I didn't feel it. And I recently saw a post online that defined psychological safety as interacting with yourself versus psychological hazards um, as interacting with your surroundings and that the goal is to reduce all hazards to create a psychologically safe environment. It talked a lot about lack, lack of guidance, lack of breaks, lack of support, Um, you know, unable to achieve the job demand. And I get all the things on an intellectual level, but until this specific experience, I didn't know how it felt to be psychologically unsafe. It's one of the things I've addressed many times on the podcast about feeling something and knowing something and how they're two completely different things, like reading how to ride a bike and then actually riding a bike. Not the same. And since considering all of this more, I truly think psychological safety comes down to the people you work with and have to interact with. You may have safety with the team you work with, but maybe not the clientele, you know, with disability support, aged care workers, nurses, the list goes on. I've heard horror stories about how supportive the team is, but when they're client facing, the clients abuse them. So there's a real disconnect there. You know, I also think you can have an entire team of people you work with or a social support group who make you feel safe, even your C-suite, your direct boss. You know, they can be amazingly supportive and give you everything you need to feel psychological safety, but one person can completely derail their good work. And so when I was in this employment, I truly hadn't thought twice about this. I thought I was safe. It felt safe. I saw the positives, I enjoyed working there for the most part, you know, as much as I ever have in any other environment. And when I went back, I realised for the first time what it meant to feel psychologically unsafe. And what that looked like and how that felt for me was presented as me not being able to be honest. I couldn't safely debate a point. And by safe, I meant that if I spoke, I was rebutted. I was shut down, I was disagreed with, and not logically, not with a smart factual argument, but in a way that was weighted in judgment and patronised and belittled. Have you ever experienced that? You know, you couldn't bounce ideas, you know, you couldn't openly discuss various options and share, you couldn't creatively problem solve. I mean, I remember talking to him and I was like, yeah, but you could just do this and it was just shut down. And I just remember thinking to myself, if I continue talking right now, there's no point. There is absolutely no point. He is right and I am wrong. And there is nothing I can say right now that's going to change his opinion and he will keep arguing. Have you ever experienced anything like that? I couldn't 
even express my true opinions. And I also couldn't stand my ground, which feeds firmly into my personal boundaries. So when I wasn't able to speak truthfully or even factually about things that were going on or offer my assistance or my opinion, I couldn't call this person out if I needed to. And that's to assist the organization to grow and to make it better. This wasn't a power struggle or a I'm better than you or I know more than you. This was simply a, oh, well, you know, have you considered this? You know, if I couldn't contribute like that, it in- inhibited my ability to do my work as well as my self-confidence and my self-esteem. And as somebody who's always had a strong opinion, I've never really failed to share my opinions. <laughs> always happy to throw myself into it and, you know, give my two cents worth. But to experience that the way that I did with somebody I thought I trusted really surprised me. But isn't that often the way? The people who build trust with us, the ones that we feel safe with are the ones that can more easily abuse and manipulate that trust. Because it's only when we care that we can hurt. I had seen this boss treat other people in a way that was completely underhand and beyond inappropriate by anyone's imagination. I don't even mean amongst social circles. I mean workplaces, I mean socially, just downright inappropriate. And I made a comment to a colleague about this in the same work environment. And I said something like, oh, he doesn't treat me like that. And she just looked at me and she raised her eyebrows and she said, are you kidding? (laughs) She said, he absolutely does, but you just don't seem to take it the way that other people do. And that definitely made me stop and think. I went back through past events and I didn't disagree with her, but I also didn't quite fully agree either. I never felt like he treated me the way I saw him treat others because in my mind, if that had happened, I never would have accepted it. And I certainly wouldn't have stayed in an environment where I was being treated like that and the way I saw him treat others. But it's not like he ever did that in the early days of someone being employed. It was always after that person was comfortable and felt safe which I was. So that begged the question, had I let it go too far? Ironically or not, if we understand law of attraction and quantum physics, I experienced this exact same thing again later with a different person in a different business. And again, it was a male who had significant power in the business um, where I was working and I needed to work quite closely with this person. And I felt similar things happening. And I couldn't openly share my opinion. I couldn't call BS on things I was witnessing because I felt inferior and in essence, I couldn't, you know, do my job. I felt like they had more power than me and therefore they had an opinion that mattered more than mine did. And so, yeah, it inhibited my ability to perform my role. He was also able to manipulate the situation to make me sound however he wanted to within the business to other people. He could pump me up, he could tear me down as quickly and easily as he saw fit. But given how I felt, how could I stand my ground? How could I say, you know, this isn't right or this needs to be done differently? And depending on how manipulative the other person is, you end up feeding into whichever outcome they want because they'll twist things or they'll use them however they need to. It becomes about power dynamics. And in the instances of these two people, you know, I've since gone on to speak with a lot of friends who are in mutual environments and it does verge on narcissism. So, you know, we need to be a little bit careful around what we're dealing with and just how how we're treating ourselves. If I fear telling you the truth, 
because of the way that you're going to react or use the information and that influences my position or my reputation, then psychologically I'm unsafe. And the consequence of that is that I will be actively dishonest and that may come out in half-truths because I go into self-preservation mode. Opposed to standing in my power and addressing the fact that I don't agree with something or that it's not right. You having favourites and dividing and conquering the team, not right. You trying to discredit your wife in front of me, not right. You favouring me, not right. You planting seeds with me to get me to go and do your bidding, not right. Especially when you're in a position of higher authority or power than me. There are fundamental societal, social, cultural and workplace rights and wrongs. And if I fear holding you accountable to what is right, I'm psychologically unsafe. If I choose to engage in those behaviours with you because I choose to, even if they're wrong, then I'm probably psychologically safe. That's my choice. It's when I go against my own will, against my own moral compass, because I don't feel like I have a choice and the consequences of staying true to me will be damaging and negative, that it becomes about psychological safety. And how subjective is that? Essentially, we're dealing with people's moral and ethical compasses. So good luck to us. In a role where you need to exhibit power and you have authority to some degree due to your rank or title, even if it's not as much authority as the other person has, it makes it incredibly hard for somebody to do their job and feel good about doing their job if there's a degree of psychological unsafety. So when you fear the repercussions and the risk to your personal reputation because of the way the other person is going to act, not good. So. If you find yourself cowering from a conversation or you're hiding or you fear what's going to fly back at you and this prevents you from stepping into your power or giving your opinion, chances are it's because you don't feel psychologically safe. This is detrimental to you as a human, trying to live as honestly and authentically as possible and also to you in the workplace and to your business depending on where you are. It will affect every environment you operate in. It will limit productivity, innovation, collaboration, which is extremely important to remain competitive and agile, not to mention your enjoyment of things and the way that you're living. So ways to go about feeling more psychologically safe. The first question is to give it a degree so you understand the severity of it. It's difficult to understand the impact it's having without first understanding the degree of difficulty you're facing. And I recommend doing this with specific people. Give your psychological safety a score out of 10 with each person in your workplace or at home or whatever environment you're relating this podcast episode to. So a rank of zero out of 10 means you're so psychologically unsafe, you couldn't be less of yourself if you tried. It is not a good place to be. You don't feel like you are yourself. You barely recognize yourself if you're ranking somebody as a zero out of 10. On the opposite end of the scale, 10 out of 10 means you bring your complete self, warts, lumps, bumps, wrinkles, attitude, and all. 
rank your significant other. You'd hope it's a 10 out of 10. If it's not, contact me. (laughs) We need to talk. Then look at your other relationships at home, at work, in life, your boss, your colleagues, and be honest. Obviously, don't go showing them, but be honest. The next question to ask yourself, and the answer is a yes or no, you're in or you're out, is can I ever see this improving? Or is there too much history and water under the bridge? It's too detrimental to me to stick at this to make it change. It's a big question and it's a necessary one because you have to put yourself first. If you don't have the energy or you don't feel that you are psychologically safe enough to stick at it and make improvements with it, then for yourself, maybe it's time to walk away. If you've decided it can improve, especially if dealing with somebody in the workplace, find somebody in the business of equal or higher rank to this person and seek their opinion or advice on how you can make it better. This will not only give you their informed opinion as they understand the context and the personalities and all of that, but they will also most likely have experience and credibility. So they'll give you a good answer and good advice. But the best thing is that by seeking their opinion, that they will also give you their endorsement. Then if there are ever conversations had behind your back by these people, then the person who gave you the advice is likely to turn around and say, oh yeah, I told them that that was the approach to take. And because of their power, their opinion will stand. It'll give you some kind of social influence. That will help you defend your actions and your position with that person moving forward. Another approach is to cover your bases. So if you behave in a way that may jeopardize your reputation at the hands of the person who makes you feel unsafe and you don't trust their intentions as you think that they're going to say something or do something, you know, then you can consider the options and if needed, get ahead of it. One way to manage this is to get ahead of it by speaking about what happened and managing the potential consequences of it. Or you can let them make the first move and let the chips fall where they may, but you have to have your answers ready and be prepared to defend your behavior and decisions should you need to. The best example of this, I remember this girl I used to work with, we were made redundant at the same time and she got a new job with a small workplace in um, a tech company. She had a woman in that workplace who would belittle her publicly not give her clear direction and also request really ridiculous things on very, very last minute notice. So my friend couldn't plan or work her schedule out ahead of time. She couldn't give um, additional time to things because she was doing billable hours and the last minute requests were causing her a lot of emotional stress. The owners of the business who'd hired my friend asked her whether she was doing okay. They saw her break down a number of times and they asked her, are you doing okay? Is there anything we can do? They knew exactly what was going on. And eventually my friend quit. She said to herself, three strikes, you're out. And then eventually she left. She tried to have the conversation to raise the issues, but because of this woman and her standing in the business, she was deemed too important when compared with my friend to be reprimanded and held accountable or performance managed for that matter. So therefore, instead of changing the institution and the culture of the place, my friend decided to find a different one that she would be better suited to 
and to maintain her psychological safety and start to develop her own identity. In this instance, she thought it was too hard. And in this instance, the business lost the talent that my friend has. They also lost out because they kept the other woman in the business and who knows about the impact that she's having, not only on the colleagues, but financially on the business. Uh, the costs of hiring and firing staff, of acquisition and retention, oh, they are absolutely massive to a business. So costly exercise and what is worse is that the business has not rectified the problem because the root cause of the problem is still sitting in that business. Not to mention the other things that you know all of this stuff affects around engagement, productivity, innovation, profitability and just general morale. Yuck. So. Avoid interactions where possible if you're feeling triggered. If you've scored somebody like a four or below, then they're fairly high risk for you. So make sure that you avoid them where you can or if you feel it's truly detrimental to your ability to perform and feel good in your role. Or if you're feeling strong and like you're still able to be true to you, then actually do the very opposite. Spend more time with them. Be friends with them. Make sure you understand their next move and counter it as needed. Protect others that may feel or rank them higher on their risk scale. So get strategic and get clever about how you interact with them when it comes to work and other things you have to share in the workplace. Call me to talk (laughs) and make sure you're not blindsided by something they say or do. We need to talk this through and get very, very strategic, especially if it's a trickier case. This is a keep your friends close and your enemies closer type approach. And it's important to watch your back, but also not get so sucked into drama to then be manipulated in the process or let this steal your focus away from other things you should be focusing on, like your happiness, like your life, like your role, like the many other more important things than this person. Above all, continue to stand in your power. Your delivery may need to be tweaked. But consider them your lesson. Consider them a gift that's been given to you to learn how to remain authentic, stay strong, test your resilience, and to teach you how to deal with and overcome the adversity that they present to you, all while still being able to stand in your power and be true to yourself. If you have slip-ups along the way, recognize that it's okay. Forgive yourself, rectify your behavior, and continue on. Just make sure you don't lose yourself along the way. We all need to help one another change institutions for the better to make them psychologically safe. We can't run away and give in or give up, but we also can't put ourselves in harm's way when it's truly detrimental either. Consider that maybe they've been put in your path for a reason. They are a hurdle to overcome on the path of you getting to know yourself and maintaining truth with yourself to hold your power and be effective, influential and hold space for those who are even more at risk of losing themselves in a psychologically unsafe environment than you are. They are testing the person you want to be. In life, this also comes out as people-pleasing and fearing the repercussions of saying things like no or not at the minute. So you say yes to everything and you're unable to set necessary boundaries with people and also with the work because you fear what saying no might mean or how it might make you look or how they may choose to use that information to hurt you. 
a really great exercise to do after doing all of the above is to work out your hard no's. What will you absolutely never tolerate? What sits in that category? Then what sits in the shades of grey area where there will be exceptions more than rules and you'll have to assess those individual events as you go. By identifying them ahead of time, you'll be able to recognise them if or as they happen and navigate them more easily than if you have to deal with them in retrospect. Because if you have to deal with them in retrospect, then it's already happened, it's already caused damage or harm and you have to not only rectify the situation but then you have to heal from the harm that's happened. So doing it in advance can be more effective. At least then you can recognise it and anticipate it and deal with it really, really proactively. Being and creating psychological safety is sometimes, you know, it should be something that's really important to you as you progress in life and you have more weight to carry. Consider the way people you employ and therefore you're looking after their financial well-being as well as their work well-being. Consider yourself like having clients and people that you work with and that you need to not only nurture and serve, but you also need to nurture your own well-being in order to truly give what you can and be authentic in your service of them as well. Boundaries matter and they need to exist and they are very difficult to put in place when you're psychologically unsafe. And this is with anyone and everyone, including family, friends, people at work, people in social settings. Boundaries. A great colleague of mine said recently, there'll be limitations to what you are happy to be flexible with and what you are absolutely not happy to be flexible with. The example we were talking about was, are you happy to purchase products and support tobacco farming? And my answer was yes, provided they don't use child labour. And he said, well, there's your limit. And we all have them at some level. It just differs what level that is. That's an interesting example, but you get the drift. You may be okay to work long hours or work late, but you may not be happy to work on a Sunday. These are all things that are going to be incredibly subjective to your values, your circumstances, and where you feel psychologically unsafe, you're going to have trouble putting those boundaries in place and maintaining them if they're being pushed. Remain aware of your surroundings and write down what you will and will not tolerate. Do write them down. Don't just put them in your head. Write them down. Give each colleague or person in your life a score out of 10. Not to share with them, but so you have an awareness of your own level of psychological safety and the risk factor when dealing with and interacting with that specific person. Then you can recognize events as they happen and proactively mitigate. Look after yourself first. Remain true to you and remember that setting boundaries is important. Put your safety first and by doing so, you'll help others do the same. Have an amazing week, my friends. I will see you next week. Hey, before you go, I always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have the listen as well. I would love that. Also, if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry, visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me. Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.